Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sports Comedy Show. This is another episode of Talk Radio, and today's theme is going to be the U.S. Open Tennis. I am the creator and host of the show, Paul Salerno, and the Sports Comedy Show is on the Buzzsprout Network, and you can also hear it on all major affiliates like iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Um, some exciting news is the website is now live with links to the show and descriptions of all my podcasts. And the website is sportscomedyshow.net. Real simple, sportscomedyshow.net. So the next time you're surfing, stop on by and check it out. Plus, you can always send comments and remarks to my email, thesportscomedyshow at gmail.com. I do love hearing from you people, so if you have something on your mind, don't be afraid to send it. That's the Sports Comedy Show at gmail.com. And finally, the Sports Comedy Show is recorded at Studio 28 in Las Vegas, which is the home of the Sports Comedy Show. Okay, as I mentioned, this is another episode of Talk Radio where I recap recent sporting events. And talk about this and talk about a sports thing. So we're going to get into the U.S. Uh, U.S. Open in tennis in a, in a minute, in a couple minutes here. Um, plus, at the end of the podcast, I'll be making my prediction for the U.S. Open winners. So stick around to the end to get my picks. Let's get started with what's going on. Today is September 6, 2020, and there's been a lot of sports activity we're talking about. Let's start with the Kentucky Derby, as it was rain yesterday. And yes, we have a winner. And it wasn't Tis the Law, it was a Fennec. Tis the Law was a close second, but couldn't catch a Fennec down the stretch. Uh, in my last podcast, I, I made a prediction. I went with Honor AP. And turns out Honor AP ended up in fourth place. Now, if the race would have went another half a mile, Honor AP may have caught the leader because, as it turns out, Honor AP was in dead last but made a huge push in the final stretch, but it wasn't enough to win Placer's show. You know, I watched the Derby on TV just like everybody else. There was no live crowd. They didn't even have a virtual crowd, which made the, the broadcast even seem a little stale. I thought it would be nice if they had a little virtual crowd and, and maybe even some live audience sounds to, to hype things up, um, but it didn't play out that way. But the one thing I noticed was the only thing they could talk about on the broadcast was Tis the Law. They, they were so sure that Tis the Law was the greatest thing since sliced bread, yet it didn't play out that way. Authentic was the winner. And it questions my 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 um, my thought of the broadcast. How the only thing asphyxiated with these broadcasters was "tis the law." You know, they didn't talk. They didn't talk about former greats. They didn't talk about our last um, our, our last horse to win the Triple Crown, American Pharaoh. They didn't want to talk about the greats from the past, like Seattle Slough or Secretariat. It was all. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. It was all about one thing, one thing only, and that was tis the law. I'd like to see some of these broadcasters have a little more depth 
than just who won the last race. But that's just me. I, I try to, you know, put a, at least a, a little bit of depth into my show, and hopefully my crowd picks up on that. All they were fixated on was Tis the Law. And sure enough, Tis the Law didn't win. Tis the Law won the Belmont Stakes and was the heavy favorite, but did not win. There will be no chance for another Triple Crown winner this year. And it'll be funny going to the next race. They probably won't even talk about Tis the Law at all. That's how shallow broadcasting in the horse racing industry has become, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Nonetheless, it was the Derby. It was exciting, and um, I'm glad to see they got it. And then next month, they'll have the final of the, of the uh, Triple Crown, which will be um, the Preakness. So we have that still to look forward to. Okay, let's move on to the NHL. The stage is set for the final four. Let's, uh, let's start with what's going on on the west side, and that is the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights did it. They prevailed, and they will be moving on to the semifinals. They, had a, they just took down the Vancouver Canucks in a seven-game series. They had a three-game-to-one lead and almost choked, as everybody here in Vegas was fearing they were going to do. But they didn't, and it was an incredible game, that game seven, because it went, it went all the way deep into the third period before we even got our first goal. It was a defensive-minded game. As, as we move into the later rounds of the playoffs, I think you're going to start to see. Um, so they, they finally came up big with the goal and then um, got the late, the late goal to seal the deal. Um, the big thing here is Lennar came up with the shutout. And so um, my th- Beer for the Golden Knights was is the is the goaltending controversial controversial, but in this case, Lennar came up big. They won, and they will move on to go up against the Dallas Stars, whom also came up big in a game seven against the Colorado Avalanche. The Avalanche folded like a like a bad snow snow going down the cliff. Hence the name Avalanche. Um, now, that series is, was an offensive-minded game, um, and it's, it's Dallas won the last game 5-4. to four. So it'll be interesting going into the, uh, the semifinals. Is it's going to be an offensive team like the Stars going up against the Knights. And I'm not going to say the Knights are defensive-minded because they are a well-rounded team. Um, they're strong if point is forechecking. And they do got some big guns on that name that will find the net, like Stone and Smith. But um, it'll be interesting because defense usually prevails. So if the Knights can kind of find their one goaltender and go with them, I think the Knights could move on to the finals. But it's going to be fun to watch. And then on the other side, let's give it up for those New York Islanders. Now, for those who follow the show and listen to me regularly, when I did my first podcast once the bubble restarted, I chose the Islanders as a team of destiny. And here they are in the semifinals. They had an incredible series with the number one ranked Philadelphia Flyers. And the one thing they did that was worth noting was their shots on goal in this series were incredible. They were like at 40 or 50 shots in almost every game. And I have to think right now, Hart is shell-shocked. He's still got to be waking up. Huh? What? What hit me? Oh, another puck. And he had a great series, but in the end, uh, the Islanders were too strong. Um, and I, I, I'm going to stick with the Islanders as my team. 
Um, I think Vermilov is an incredible goaltender. Um, he seems to have it. He seems to have the ability to come up big when need be. So I think the Islanders are, are going to do some more damage. I'm going to stick with them, and it'll be interesting in this their next series because they're going up against the Lightning. And again, or in this case, now we have a true test of defense versus offense. As we know, the Lightning that they put the numbers on the board. That's what they're known for. But as we get later into these series, look for the goaltenders and the defense to come up big. So I'm going to go with the Islanders as they, they've been doing a good job. And I'm going to stick with them and I uh, hope they can take down the Lightning as we move into the final, to the final rounds. Let's talk. Now let's move over to the NBA and talk about what's going on in, in the NBA. For there is something big going on in the NBA. And um, there is the biggest talk of the town in the NBA right now is. That's right. The heat is on and they're on the street. Or in this case, shall we say that the heat is on and it's in the bubble. Let's hope the bubble doesn't burst. What an incredible story the Miami Heat have been so far in this playoff run. Um, they are riding Jimmy Butler. He's got his wingmans with Crowder. He, these, they are all, they are firing on all cylinders. They even got a, a Gedalia in there on the backcourt. It's incredible. So keep an eye on the Heat. They put the, they, they've really put a stymie on the Bucks. I think the Bucks stops here. I think they're done, finished, over. Um, and it's, and it's. It's it's a bummer because if we weren't in a bubble and if we were in our normal arenas with the crowd, I don't think it would be like this. I don't think Miami would have been able to do what they're doing. But the, the heat has really shown when it just comes down to playing the sport with just the five men on on the court, it's been the big difference. Let's take out all let's take out the six man of the crowd, let's take out the momentum, let's take out the hype and just play basketball. The, the Miami Heat has really stepped up, and um, I think they're, they're, they've got enough. If they can continue at the rate they're going, I certainly think they're going to get past the East, get past either the Raptors or the Celtics, and uh, be in the finals, and they can give the West a serious handful. So the, the Heat has been doing something strong, and at this point, the question is, can they keep it up? As I mentioned, the other one is the Celtics and Raptors, and and the Raptors finally made a comeback there in game three. With a half a second, they scored the winning three-point shot. And here's my question or my point is with a half a second, can a player catch the ball, pump, and shoot and get it off before that buzzer goes? Personally, I don't think so. But I'm not the one running the score clock. And um, I don't scrutinize that score clock as that tenth of a second all of a sudden starts to go slower than a normal second. They counted it. The Raptors won. They finally got on the board. Maybe they got their mojo back because now they've tied it up at two as we go forward in that series. However, I think the Celtics will ultimately take them down. They, they look much stronger in games one and two. Game three was a fluke the way it ended. Um, I, I look for the Celtics to come back and to move on into the next round. But I thought it was an interesting point worth, worth noting is, can a player catch the ball, pump, and shoot within a half a second? My thought was no, but I'm not running the score clock. Okay, 
Oh, let's go to the NBA West. I was almost going to move on to tennis, but I forgot about what's going on in the West. We, we can't stop there without talking about the West. Um, and, the, and the big news here is the Rockets. And also, as I predicted um, a show or two back, that um, I chose, I'm taking the Rockets to make some noise. And that's because, and when I did that, Westbrook was not back, but I knew he would be coming back. And Westbrook and Harden together, and even in this case, Tucker, they make a magical threesome. And, um, you know, they got past the Thunder. They moved on, and everybody didn't really give them a chance against the Lakers. But they did play game one, and look what they did. They showed how lethal they can be. And the Lakers, it's, it's going to be interesting because the Lakers are hit or miss, and they certainly missed in the game one. I think you're going to hear from the Lakers before this series is over. Um, you're going to certainly hear from LeBron. He's just going to push everybody out of, out of his way as he goes to make a layup, and they're not going to call the foul, but that's just LeBron. And also AD at some point is going to step up. So you're going to hear from the Lakers, but I'm going to stick with the Rockets. I think that they're a little more depth. I think the Rockets um, have shown, I mean, Harden, Harden is going to be impossible to stop on the outside. Plus, he'll drive, and with Westbrook, you know damn well, he's just going to drive to the hoop and put up his big points. So I'm going to stick with the Rockets. This should be a good series. It very well could go down to a Game 7 at the end. But um, I look for the Rockets to carry on and, and shock the Lakers. And then on the other side there on the West, we've got the Clips and the Nuggets. Um, I look for the Clips to advance, although Denver won't go down quietly, and sure enough, they did win the last game. Currently, that series is tied at one game to one. But one thing about the Clippers, they've never won a series in four or five games, even when they're clearly the better team. They don't know how to do that. It's, it's drama. And that's just Steve Ballmer basketball at the finest. Remember, I've talked about their owner, Steve Ballmer, and how great he would look on a virtual crowd. I could see him out there just being a cheerleader far greater than any fancy lady girl cheerleader could be. So... The Clips, I think, will take down the Nuggets. It'll probably go six or seven. It'll be exciting. But in the end, Kawhi Leonard is too strong, and he will be the difference. So I look for the Clips to advance into the next round. Okay, so as I said, today's theme is U.S. Open as tennis makes its return to the spotlights. Okay, wait a minute. Oh, here comes the plug. For all you tennis fans... You should play my recent podcast, and don't be afraid to replay it, and that's titled Tennis, the Racket and Ball, which is a hilarious story of last year's Wimbledon Finals. You can catch all the action on the Buzzsprout Network and find the podcast on my website or my Buzzsprout pe- uh, podcast page. All right, let's start with the men's side of um, the U.S. Open. The big difference in, in, a, in a Grand Slam or major tournament in men's tennis is they play five sets instead of three. So look for those with stamina and endurance to hold on and win. In this case, as we're into the round of 16, keep an eye on the big names, Djokovic, Zevrev, and Medved. They're looking solid. And unfortunately, and kind of a heartbreaker, but we just got to deal with it for the way it is, is the other big names that you'd normally look for in the Grand Slam on the men's side is Nadal and Federer. They're sitting this one out, and it's been the first time that we've had a U.S. Open without Nadal and Federer since 1999. So here we are 20 years later without the two biggest names in tennis and without a crowd. 
but the sport goes on and they're going to keep going. Plus, another bummer for me is my personal favorite, Nick Kyrgios. He's sitting out as well. I just love watching Nick Kyrgios because his emotions are all over the place. And that's something we haven't seen in tennis since John, since the John McEnroe days. any rate, getting back to it, uh, Djokovic is strong. And um, again, the five, the five sets is, is, gonna, is, is the hardest thing to deal with. So it'll be interesting. Even Dominic Thiem, who can usually give Djokovic uh, some trouble, he's in the final 16. So that could be a good matchup if they're paired together um, as we get down to the final theme, if we get down to the final 16 for the men's side. Now let's move over to the women's side. You know, I love women's tennis, so this is a special time of the year for me. I don't know why I love ten women's tennis more than men's, but I do. Maybe that's because I'm a man, and yes, it's true. I have a thing in my makeup called testosterone. That's something I talk about, by the way, in my third episode story, Taking a Date Out to the Big Game, which you can also find on the Buzzsprout Network and should give it a listen to. All right, that'll be my last plug, but I had to throw that one in there. Okay, so this year's Women's U.S. Open won't feature the biggest name of them all, Ashley Barty, and also my personal favorite, Kiki Burtons, as they're sitting out due to the virus. However, there are still big names in the tournament, and the biggest is the biggest lion of them all, and she is the queen of the jungle, and that is Serena Williams. Serena is in quest of her 24th Grand Slam title, which is second only to Margaret Court. That elusive number 24 has been hard for Serena, and now that she's a mama, it appears to be harder and harder and may even be slipping away. This could very well be her last chance of making a serious bid for a Grand Slam title, especially without top-ranked players like Barty and Halep and Andrescu, they're all sitting out. So this could be a good shot for Arena to get in and see if she can get that elusive number 24. Currently, Serena has made it to the round of 16 and has a, a tough matchup today against Sakari. The Sakari is the younger Greece player with excellent mobility and strong discipline with many or few unforced errors. So this will be a good test for Serena if she can move on to the round of eight. All right, so let's talk about one of my favorite tennis players to watch in, in this tournament is America's sweetheart, Sophia Kennedy. Many don't know that, that she is of Russian descent and defected to America and is now a big name on the circuit. Plus, she won the last Grand Slam played in last year's Australia Open. The thing I love best about Sophia is her outfits. They match to a tee, the shoes, the skirt, the hat, the headbands, and yes, even the underwear. That's right, even her underwear. For Sophia hasn't, hasn't yet to allow for shrinkage on her outfits as they continuously seem to get shorter and shorter. And if you get close enough to the TV, you can see her underwear. It's a perfect match. Okay, enough of all the crazy annex I have when it comes to talking about women's tennis. Um, and we are coming towards the end of the show. But as I mentioned, I was going to make my U.S. Tennis Open predictions. 
Um, so for now, let's start with the mint side. And in this case, we have to go with a heavy favorite. Normally when I make predictions, I look for teams or players that are on the rise instead of the heavy favorite. But in this case, Djokovic is too strong. It's a shame Nadal and Freder aren't here to play, but I think the Joker's going to rack up another Grand Slam win. On the women's side, and as much as I'd like to see Serena get that number 24 Grand Slam, I think youth and speed will overcome. Therefore, I'm going with Sophia Kenny. Sophia seems to have the best ability to continuously come back and overcome her, her opponents. Much like Ashley Barty, when Sophia gets down, she turns up a play and has the ability to overcome and very few forced errors, a strong baseline game. I look for Sophia Kenyon to outdo the pack and be our next U.S. Open winner. Okay, guys, that's the end of the show. I want to thank everybody for listening. And keep out, keep up, or keep your eye out for more talk radio episodes. Starting next week, you're going to hear the show three times a week um, as we move towards the football season. So if you like the show, tell a friend so we can grow the audience. And have a good day.